Dumelang Avusheni and hello hi I'm Zanzi. Nolu Tandungakani here and welcome back to Sisters Without Shame, a No Holds Barred podcast that is proudly brought to you by Healthform Zanzi. I'm here to walk with you on your health journey as you seek the answers to those weird lumps and pussy bumps you are too scared to speak about in public. Ladies, did you know that breast cancer is one of the most common forms of cancer for South African women of all races with a lifetime risk of 1 in 27? The risk for breast cancer increases as a person gets older, but many women under 40 have been diagnosed with breast cancer. A friend in crisis from Pulukwani in Limpopo shares this voice note. I was doing my self-exam in September 2021 and felt a lump. I'm 34 with no family history of breast cancer and had just had my annual exam in May. I went to my gynae to get it checked. We had to refer me to get a mammogram. A referral is needed if you are underfoot with most places. Mama showed the tumor and some coffee-looking lymph nodes. Biopsied both nodes were negative, but my tumor was positive. Found an oncology team to work with and I started chemo early November. Monday, I had a follow-up and they weren't able to find my tumor via ultrasound. So it's working. I was so relieved that I cried all the way home. I still have to complete chemo. Last one is 2 over 15, hopefully. And since my cancer is hormone-based, I will have to do hormone infusions into late this year. After treatment, I've opted for a double mastectomy with reconstruction implants instead of a lumptomy radiation. It's both for physical and mental health. I intend to live another 40 years and don't want to be looking over my shoulder thinking it will come back. This week, Dr. Liana Ruat joins us to share insight on why you should take breast cancer screening seriously. Dr. Liana is a founder, director, and hands-on surgeon. She is also a rare combination of dreamer and doer and started Project Flamingo in 2010 after being deeply moved by the desperate need in the public health sector. Why are women so late to get their breasts checked? Why don't we have like this sense of urgency as women? I think there's many layers to that answer. I think for some women, it's largely driven by fear and denial. So they actually know something is wrong, but they are so scared. They're so unsure of what their options would be if they actually get a diagnosis that they kind of go into denial and they try to ignore the problem. And I think that's where education really helps is to actually say, listen, there's so much we can do. This is actually a treatable condition if we diagnose it early. So Don't be scared if you are worried, if you do see something is wrong, have the courage to actually approach somebody for help. That's one layer of the problem. The second layer of the problem is those that's not aware that there's actually a problem is as women, there's so much that's expected of us. We often 
keep everybody's balls in the air. Mom being moms, working, looking after families, like, and women just almost become disconnected from their bodies. So they ignore signs and symptoms and they don't pay attention to changes and they don't even recognize that there's a problem. And then I think the third layer is that, unfortunately, in our healthcare system, we've got a lot of challenges and we've got a lot of things to fix where people know that there's a problem and they actually want help, but they can't access it because they don't know where to go or they get turned around by clinics or there's a very long referral pathway from a clinic to a district level hospital and then from the district level hospital to the academic hospital and a lot gets lost there and patients get lost in that journey. So it's a layered answer with lots of factors to consider. Not forgetting that I think people of color especially are very terrified of cancer because they think it's something like you just sneeze in a community and there's cancer. Yes, there's lots of myths that actually needs to be dispelled. So that's why it's important to just keep talking about it and demystifying it and destigmatize it. But you say we've got a lot of fixing to do in our systems. As a woman then, you know, what are the best breast cancer screening methods that you can use? What are the natural risks for actually developing breast cancer? So in South Africa, we don't have a national screening policy, which if you go look at the US or the UK or many first world, they've got very clear screening protocols where in the USA, they would recommend that women over the age of 40 go for yearly mammograms. Studies have shown that that is actually a bit aggressive and it's probably not necessary for all women to do it. So Canada and the UK have adjusted their screening protocols to state that women should be risk assessed. So they need to have a screening protocol that is suitable to their particular individual risk. And they only advise two yearly mammograms from the age of 45 or 50. So in South Africa, we usually do symptomatic mammograms in the public health care sector. So only when a patient presents with a problem, she'll get a mammogram. In the private sector, some of the medical aids are very good at paying for more regular mammograms. But I think realistically, the most important thing that everybody can do that is to actually become aware of what's going on in your own body and doing regular self-examinations and self-checks because you don't need anybody else to do that. You don't need a medical aid. You don't need anybody's permission. It is just you looking after yourself and knowing what's going on in your own body. From there, if you have access to mammography, if you are at risk, if you are a high-risk individual, it is important to go for those yearly or two yearly mammograms and ultrasounds and those things to help you catch changes early. In terms of the risk factors is that the biggest risk factor for breast cancer is being a woman. The statistics is just staggering. There's just so many women that's facing this journey. But if we dive a little deeper As we go along, we learn more and more about the genetic predisposition for developing breast cancer. So there's definitely certain genes that can be passed on in a family that can increase a patient's risk. So the most common ones that people know of is the BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes. That's the same gene that Angelina Jolie, for instance, had that she was in the news because she had both her breasts removed for that reason. There's a lot of other genes and we're discovering more of that. And how we get on that track is by taking a very thorough family history from a patient. So if you have cancer in your family and not only breast cancer, it is important to talk to your doctor about it because a strong family history of breast cancer, of ovarian cancer, prostate cancer in the male members of the family, even colon cancer or pancreas cancer, some of the skin cancers, all of those cancers share similar genetic predispositions. 
So it would be advisable for people, if they have that history, to chat to their doctor to see is there tests that they can do to try and figure out if they are at high risk. So I think that's probably a major risk factor, the major sort of thing that we look at. But other things is hormone exposure, which is your own body's natural hormones, or whether it is hormones that you take for whatever reason. We talk about a woman's estrogen window. So when she starts menstruating until menopause, when she stops menstruating, that's the estrogen window. So that's her exposure to her own natural estrogen. And the longer that window is, the more risk there is for developing breast cancer because a lot of breast cancers are estrogen driven. Then, of course, if you take hormones, so using oral contraceptive tablets for a very long time, there's a time and a place for it and it's absolutely safe to use it, but try to interrupt it and not to use it for very long periods over time. For patients that's postmenopausal hormone replacement therapy, is an absolute place for it and it got a lot of benefits. But again, if you're at higher risk, it's not a good idea to use it. If you are using it, try not to use it for too long because it does tend to increase risk. And then there's lifestyle risk factors like with any cancer, smoking, excessive drinking, not looking after your weight, lack of sleep, poor sleep hygiene, lots of stress. All of those things can contribute to the development of cancer. Let's talk about breast cancer in South Africa. Why is early detection and self-examination so vital also? Like I said before, breast cancer, many years ago, it was quite a devastating diagnosis and patients didn't do very well with the treatment options that we had available. But breast cancer is probably one of the most researched cancers. And as far as cancer diagnosis goes, actually now has a very good outcome if you catch it early. We've got lots of treatment options and we often combine them from surgery to certain hormone blocking tablets that you can take to chemotherapy to radiotherapy. So there's so much to do. In fact, if we do these treatments and we do them early on, women have an excellent outcome and we've got many, many happy and thriving breast cancer survivors out there. So I really want to encourage people not to wait. Don't wait because there's so much that we can do. It's not a death sentence. I think people need to get away from that idea. What is a mammogram exactly and does it hurt? Yeah, so people are terrified of mammograms. No, I think there's lots of mythical stories going around. Basically, it's a type of x-ray that we do. And you've got two plates. And basically, you place the breast between those two plates from the sides. And then another view where you do it from up and down. So in order to get a good view, you kind of need to squeeze the breast between those two plates. And I think that's what's freaking people out. I've had many mammograms myself. And I have to say, for me, it's not painful. It's slightly uncomfortable. It's awkward. But it's not painful. And the machines have actually changed a lot and the way that people do it. If you maybe have some cysts or something, then yeah, I suppose it can be a little bit tender, but it's not a painful procedure. You just have to get your mind around it. And then just the benefit of doing it is so great that I think it's worth a little bit of discomfort. So things have changed. Some for all the machines was very uncomfortable, but nowadays it really isn't. It shouldn't be a terrifying experience for people. Something we never actually talk about is male breast cancer. Are the main causes in breast cancer in men similar to the causes in women? Male breast cancer is much less common than female breast cancer. So if you look at the female statistics, you're looking at 1 in 13 women or 1 in 15 women. In some countries, 1 in 8 women could be diagnosed with breast cancer in their lifetime. Male statistics is much better. It's 1 in 100, 1 in 110. 
So usually our male breast cancers is very strongly associated with those genetic predispositions that we spoke about. So very often, almost nine out of 10 times, when you see a male breast cancer and you do genetic profiling on them, you will find some genetic mutation that gets passed on in the family. There can be other factors as well. So men don't have the hormone exposure that women do, but of course, lifestyle factors can contribute to the development of their cancer. So I think those are the two most important things to keep in mind when you're dealing with the male breast cancer. Are there certain foods that can cause certain cancers in the body? If you go onto the internet, there is lots of writing about it and everybody seems to have an opinion about it. So it's very difficult to sort of distinguish what's real and what's absolute nonsense. I think what we can say with certainty is that a healthy diet of whole nutritious food can be like medicine and it's really good for your body. Highly processed food, food high in sugar content, very refined carbohydrates, all of those things leads in the body to something that we call a pro-inflammatory state, which does make the body more vulnerable to things like cancer cells. You know, our bodies are amazing. All of us actually make abnormal cells or cancer cells pretty much every day, but our body's immune system is so amazing that it can actually take care of it and we never develop a cancer. But if your immune system is compromised because you are in this constant pro-inflammatory state because of the things that you're shoving down your throat, then the body's ability to fight becomes less. So when there's a direct link between A food and A cancer, that I think is still very debatable. But we do know that poor dietary habits can contribute to lifestyle diseases of which cancer is one. The bottom line for me is always we all actually know what we need to do. We're just really lazy and doing it. The cleaner you eat, the more green stuff you put on your plate, the less sugar, the less processed food you put on your plate, the happier your body is. So people need to pay attention to that. So I always say it's an 80-20 principle. None of us are not going to eat that ever. But if you can do 70 or 80% of the time, you can do the right thing. And then you have your 20 to 30% treat time. Then you're already doing your body a massive favor. So just making that gradual shift could make a world of difference. Start advocating for yourself. Take responsibility for your own health. The only way that we're going to change things, make cancer care more accessible to more people, is to keep talking about it, to keep advocating for ourselves, and to keep pushing the people in power to give us what we need for the right treatment. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Sisters Without Shame, Dr. Liana. Now, if you're looking for more answers and tips on dealing with breast cancer diagnosis, visit healthformzanzi.co.za. And dear friends, remember if you are in a medical bind and looking for a shoulder to cry on, send an email to hello at healthformzanzi.co.za. Alternatively, you can hit us up on WhatsApp on 076-132-0454. I would never blue tick you babes. Breast cancer remains a frightening diagnosis. And though our communities have rallied around breast cancer patients with emotional support and funding, dealing with breast cancer can be a lonely road. You need to know what's normal for your body. Be aware of symptoms of cancer. 
as early detection improves the chances of successful treatment. Like Dr. Liana suggested, a simple monthly breast self-exam to check your breast for lumps or anything that seems unusual could be life-saving. That brings us to the end of episode 63 of Sisters Without Shame, proudly brought to you by Healthform Zanzi. For me, Lulu Nakani. Have a great week and remember to show your girl some love by sharing this podcast with a friend. 